Now let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture readings today are from the New Revised Standard Version Bible, and we begin with the prophet Isaiah in chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge for the poor and decide with equity for the oppressed of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion will feed together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze their young, shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp and the weaned child should put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. Our next reading is from Romans chapter 15, verses 4 through 13. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another, in accordance with Jesus Christ, so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God in order that he might confirm the promises given to the ancestors and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. And again he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let the people praise him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse shall come, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles shall hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Our last reading for today comes from Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. 
Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming for his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Therefore bear fruit worthy of repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Therefore every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I, and I am not worthy to carry his sandals." He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> On the second Sunday of Advent, we celebrate that we are thankful for peace. I think that this peace is something that is multi-layered and that it's both a peace that we obtain now and a peace that we pray for. And this comes on the tale of last week when we discussed hope. And here we have a hope for peace and a thankfulness for peace. Today we'll be walking backwards through our readings, beginning in Matthew. Here we have John the Baptist out by the Jordan calling people to a baptism of repentance. And the people are coming to him. They're baptized and confess their sins. One might ask where the peace is here. I would say it's right there. Because one of the things that we see is that when John is inviting these people to come and repent, they are changing their lives. They're confessing and turning their hearts towards God to try to live better lives. And there is a peace to be found in that journey. Bearing fruit worthy of repentance brings peace. Of course, when the Pharisees and the Sadducees, all the religious experts of their day, come down as well, John wants to know who warned them to come as well. But he doesn't withhold. No, he gives them the same offer to make sure they understand that their titles mean nothing if they don't bear fruit worthy of repentance. That they can't just let it be something for show. That they will not find peace if they do not change. And we see people going and changing their lives. John also tells them somebody else is coming who is even greater. So they should prepare for that. And, of course, he's talking about Christ. Now, in Paul's letter to the Romans, Paul talks about a hope and a peace for the people. And Paul makes reference to our reading from Isaiah. That Paul is praying for peace for the people he is writing to. That everything written in former days is for their encouragement. That they should welcome one another just as Christ has welcomed them. That it is a call open for all people. Paul brings this message to the Gentiles. This idea that peace and hope in God are for them. Paul goes not to the people who are God's chosen, the Israelites. 
but to the people outside the circle, outside the nation. And he says peace is for them too. That hope is for them. And then he quotes chapter 11 of Isaiah, our reading for today. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. So he'll judge with righteousness and decide with equity for the meek of the earth, and the people will find peace. Peace so great that it applies to everything. The wolf living with the lamb, the leopard lying down with the kid, the calf and the lion, together. And a little child shall lead them. If that doesn't speak peace, I don't know what does. The cow and the bear graze and their young lay down together. The earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord. People will know God and know peace. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples that nations shall inquire of him. And this is the part that Paul was quoting. That the root of Jesse shall come, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles shall hope. Gentiles will find peace because God has declared that all are welcome. That all nations may find peace. That God has peace for everyone. As I thought about this, I started thinking, how do we prepare our hearts for peace? And how do we share the peace that we find in Christ? And I think it's a wonderful question because I think sometimes we struggle to figure out how to share peace in chaotic times. And the holidays can feel chaotic. I can completely understand because it can feel rushed and busy it can feel like there's always something more to plan for and something more to do and that there's always catching up to do and i think part of how we prepare our hearts for peace is by finding peace now extending it to others and letting that be our guide for the peace that we seek in the future sometimes i do this just by making sure that i take a moment to be still And that might seem silly. What good is sitting? Well, it gives me time. The older I get, the more precious time seems to be. Some nights I will just sit with the Christmas tree on. And I read the Christmas story. At least part of it. It isn't very long to read. Read from Isaiah, Matthew, Luke, and sometimes I include the first part of John. I encourage you to try it. Because there's something about this familiar story, the birth of a child with the promise of peace, the declaration of peace on earth and goodwill to men. There's something about all those things that helps me to find calm in the midst of everything. And in those calm moments, it helps me to think about how I can continue to share that peace with others. And it helps me to reflect on the ways that I want to make sure peace continues. 
I think about what that story really means to me and what it means for the world that I want to see and what it would mean for the world to find peace. And maybe I can't do a lot, but I know I can at least do something. Maybe it's just giving somebody a hand with the door. Maybe it's giving money to a person on the street corner. Maybe it's calling a friend I haven't talked to in a while. Maybe it is greeting a stranger with a friendly hello. Maybe it's something just as small as that. But if all of us did it every day, think of the peace we would spread. Maybe it's just telling somebody they're doing okay. Because sometimes that's all we need to hear. You're doing okay. God loves you. Merry Christmas. How hard is it to tell someone that? I'm praying for you. Because God is there for you. And I wish you a Merry Christmas. If you need anything, let me know. How hard are those words? But they can bring peace. And maybe we think it won't change much. But maybe it changes one person's life. And one more person finds peace. And one more person shares that peace. And one more person gains hope. But if each of us tries, each of us reaches out to one person, how many people would we reach day after day? Just how far would it go and where would it end? If we can share the peace of Christ with others, shouldn't we? As we prepare our hearts for the birth of our Savior, certainly we can share the peace that it brings and all that it means to us. So let us be thankful for the peace that we have, thankful for the promise of peace, and thankful that we can share the peace of Christ, that anywhere and everywhere all may know and prepare for the peace of Christmas. Amen.